nerds watch Disney podcasts. We watch films and have a blast. Rank them all from first to last. It's our podcast. Hello and welcome to Dudes Watch Disney. You crinkled right as I started talking. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Dudes Watch Disney, episode 12. It's the sword across my wrist, because it's such a good movie. <laughs> the sword in the stone. Jeez, that got dark from the opening. <laughs> well, nothing rhymes with 12, so that's the direction I went. The other one I wrote was, what's that on the shelf? Why, it's episode 12. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. really, yeah. I decided to try about as hard as this movie did. So That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. How's it going, Dustin? Uh, I'm, I'm Jake, right. by the way. Yeah, I'm Dustin, and I'm all right. How are you, Jake? I'm doing okay. It's a big week for Jake. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm getting married, audience. That's happening. That's also why you haven't had an episode in forever, of course. <laughs> by the time this gets released, it'll right. be like a I've been married four months now. Yeah. <laughs> two years. Uh, it's going to happen. Kelsey's leaving the country for three weeks. These other things oh, are going to come out soon. We're, so you're about to get bombarded with Dudes Watch Disney episodes, everyone. And pretty much. The movie. The Sword in the Stone is where we're at in the Disney timeline, and we are thoroughly into the Xerox era of cutting costs and maybe not quite knowing what we're doing, and we got like 10 more movies before The Little Mermaid, so if this is a, a harbinger of things to come, then you better look out. Is there any other word that, or any other phrase that can follow the word harbinger? Like, it almost has to be followed by other things to come, like... I could not use it in any other exactly. context. It might have been a, the name of a Halo ship, I think, if I'm remembering that correctly. All I know is we're going to try to... If you've ever listened to our Alice in Wonderland episode... That's where this is headed already. It's just... If we can find something more interesting to talk about than this movie, I think that we're going to. And right off the bat, the title of this movie, I get wrong 90% of the time. Uh, the name of the movie is The Sword in the Stone. Mm -hmm. I often call it The Sword and the Stone, and I have the same issue with Sex in the City, which I often call Sex in the City. Yeah, that one is and I never get them right, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and so I just mix them both up all the time. But childhood memories of Sword in the Stone. Uh, not really any. It was nope. not one that we owned. My memory is seeing it at my cousin's house. Yeah. <laughs> not watching the film, just seeing it on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only childhood experience and I, I think had we with even it. asked him once, like, hey, do you want to watch that? And he's like, no, man. No, you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want no part of this. <laughs> right. Ugh. Uh, yeah, my first viewing was in 2009 when we watched this. Mine too. My memories of that watching are, I'm really bored, <laughs> and when is this over? Yeah. So, Yeah, and I think right off the bat we need to say, uh, we may have been too hard on Dumbo. Like I re-listened to our Dumbo episode today, uh, just to sort of get me in the... Get me in the zone to be talking about this film, because that is the lowest we've seen so far in terms of cutting corners in terms of just for the kids in terms of just really not quite knowing what we're doing and i feel like that's exactly and apologies if you are a big fan if you have a lot of nostalgia for sword in the stone i feel like a lot of people do because it's like it's fantasy disney like disney doesn't do that very often outside of princess stuff so i can see like with its uniqueness a lot of people might have been like oh that was really fun to watch as a kid watch it again you will not right. feel that way anymore. I think anymore. on paper, it's a great idea. Like, King Arthur, fun. Uh, mm -hmm. Disney, fun. What if we brought them together? We could watch 
all of Arthur's adventures. We could watch, you know, all the Knights of the Round Table. This could be, like, this could have sequels. They weren't really doing sequels at this point. Right. But this definitely could have mm-hmm. had sequels. And instead, they did, and we've talked about this on the show before, the uh, Patton Oswalt bit about... Uh, going back in time and killing uh, George Lucas right. before The Phantom Menace, where the, the the worst thing about The Phantom Menace is you see Anakin as a kid. Right. That's the least interesting part of the Arthur story and is what, what we he get. does before he pulls the sword from the stone. <laughs> right. He doesn't matter. Like, you could just say, hey, he's a poor kid who pulled a sword from the stone and then start the movie and then we'd be happy. But no, right. we just get this poor kid not really doing his chores. And... Right. And jumping way ahead to the ending... um. I sort of felt like the title of this movie should have just been The Deus Ex Machina, because, like, if we didn't set it up with the title of this movie is The Sword in the Stone, we wouldn't have any idea, because yeah. the sword itself does not come into the movie until an hour and 20 On minutes into it. two of my notes, I wrote, why is this movie called The Sword in the, <laughs> in the Stone? Right. There's neither a sword, like, we talked about it at the very opening of the movie, right. and then we don't mention them again forever, we just... Dick, we just dick around with Arthur right. and Merlin it should in have his been, fucking bedclothes. It should have been Merlin's Magic School Bus is the title Which of this could film. could have been interesting, perhaps. I feel like there was just a bunch of... Like, the the uh, room pitch for this movie would have been good. Like, hearing people throw out ideas of potentially good movies, because I feel like they're all around this movie, and none of them make it into the script. Right. And I don't think... You know, they spend a long time with him being a, a squirrel, mm-hmm. and then a long time with him being a fish. Mm-hmm. And if you just did that in, like, a five-minute scene where you had him be different animals along the way, mm-hmm. okay. But if you do a long segment of the movie where he, movie where he's a squirrel, and then <laughs> right. a long segment where he's a fish, and those might be in the other order, I they don't are. remember. But either way, a long time where he's these different animals, we get the point, mm-hmm. then the whole climax of the movie is uh basically the climax of emperor's new groove where they're just in, changing in different oh, into different animals oh, yeah and like mm-hmm. i was like how's pulling the sword no 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 no. but the the actual like yes that's the titular mm-hmm. moment of the movie but the actual climax we have titular and climax in the same sentence there you go uh anyway, this is a podcast for grown-ups <laughs> it's, it's the actual speaking of we went to the zoo this weekend and while we were looking at the baboons, I nudged my wife and was like, look at that big red butt. And like she tried to act like she didn't know me and like just kind of walked away. And then we circled back around and this little six-year-old kid nudges his dad and like, dad, look at the big red butt. Like, That's what you sound like. <laughs> I know we're going to be all over the place with this discussion, but uh, I guess let's try to go through the plot because I've... Well, let's read my notes because I don't remember the plot at this point. But uh... well, uh, before we start reading your notes, uh, you mentioned something earlier about the cost cutting and the xeroxing, mm-hmm. and the opening credits here look very cheap compared to what we've been doing. And in fact, a lot of the images are actually recycled from Sleeping Beauty uh, <laughs> and its opening credits. I don't uh, recall a lot of the opening credits, but I mean, the film previous to this was 101 Dalmatians, and we both had very positive things to say about that opening credits. Yeah, we did credits. like that, where yeah. it had the uh, the pencil drawings and sort of creative. the early stages of animation, yeah. Yeah. What were these ultimate opening credits? Uh, just swords and, like, green or purple backgrounds. It's mm. very simple. The odd thing about the it starts the it out intro, on the right note. <laughs> like, it has, like, an overture, like several Disney cartoons do, where you have, you know, all these different themes that get played, but it's oddly jazzy. Uh, which does not at all fit the period. No, it doesn't. Not in the slightest. 
I mean, I guess you've got Merlin, you know, who lives his life backwards or whatever and has already, you know, he's been to the future, but that's not really connected to this music here in any way. Like you just have this weird, like jazzy, the sword and the stone. Right. Do, do, do. It's no the sixties. There's no words. I don't know what right. that was, but yeah. So the music is, is odd from the beginning when it should have been more like the uh, regal. Yeah. Like, it should have been like sleeping, sleeping beauty's music. And we yeah. weren't kind to sleeping beauty. If you go back and listen to that right. episode, but the music of sleeping beauty fit the mm-hmm. story, the story and the music here does not. Nope. But yeah, we get a little bit of a sort of an open mo- opening uh, monologue, sort of setting the scene, explaining how England has been without a king for a very long time, and it's uh, it's fated that the next king will be crowned when he's able to pull the sword from the stone, which all of this is engraved on the sword itself in very, very tiny writing. Like, I don't know. Skilled swordsmith yeah. who Seriously. created that one. Uh, Must be some sort of elven sword. <laughs> Uh, we're, I think we're branching into more interesting stuff here with that. <laughs> but then we meet Merlin. I wrote immediately that he has a lot of silly genie-esque qualities, but he really doesn't. Because if he did, there's a lot more we could do with this film. But, like, he will just occasionally name drop some stuff from the future, but not in, like... It doesn't have any punch to it. There's not any comedic. The funniest thing, I think, is when he shows up at the end with sunglasses and, like, Bermuda shorts on. Like, that's a funny image. For the rest of it, he's mostly just an old man who's talking to his owl and saying, like, Oh, well, I'm going to be meeting with a small child soon that's going to find, you know, my house in the woods here. I see it in the... the, I foresee it in the clouds and everything. And Archimedes, the name of his owl, is basically like, Oh, that'll never happen. And... Like, already, I feel like we're not doing a lot here with these right. characters. We, in the opening, after the the intro, the, the narrator speaking and talking about the, the sword, which I believe the narrator is also the voice of the, uh, the, he's not a, I don't remember the guy's name. <laughs> Give me something. The, in this movie. Uh-huh. Is he the bully dude? Or the is bully he the king? Dad. This is Stefan. Stefan. I want to say. King Stefan is definitely from Sleeping Beauty. Um, Let me look at the notes again then. Colonel Harty is what I called him. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he's him. Yeah. Right. While we're talking about who played whom, uh, Sir Pelinor is Alfred from the Batman TV show. Okay. Who's Sir Pelinor? He's the guy <laughs> that the bully? shows up at the oh. castle to tell them what's going on with the tournament and all that kind of stuff. And just continues to hang, hang out at the castle after that. Gotcha. Well, that's a fun connection there. Yeah, tragic news on the Batman front. That's true. Also, th- th- this dating week to this date episode. This, well, we already <laughs> dated it once. They don't know when my, I'm getting married. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Adam West died the other day. <laughs> tragic mm. well he was 88 that's yeah. a little less tragic still but uh sad news all the same but yeah we we were in the woods we see was Mer- it colonel hottie i thought it was maybe this is the same person but i wrote down owl from winnie the pooh is that the same person oh we might need to imdb uh, this, this is the thing we could have interneted before the show started my apologies i thought he sounded like colonel harty and also they use the same animation spoilers for uh when he's like browbeating merlin or whatever and pointing his finger at the camera which he does a good six times in this movie i think they use that same animation for colonel harty in jungle book and i want to say it's the same voice to go with it how smith is owl how smith is uh the drunk guy from the andy griffith show that doesn't help me uh, they just had one recurring drunk guy yeah I- 
someone who was better at knowing things would know his name. Otis is his name in Andy Griffith. Otis the Drunk. He is in the Jungle Book, but he plays Slob Elephant slash Monkey. Huh. Then perhaps I was wrong. Wait, you're looking at Owl Man. Are you? Is he also Merlin? Not Merlin. Is he also Sword in the Stone Man? <laughs> Yo, I didn't go that far back. <laughs> <laughs> Your evidence is inconclusive. Go back. Okay. I uh, will also look it up. We can learn what the dude's who? fucking character name is, too. It's Otis. I told you. Not Otis. that one. That's fucking uh, Andy Griffith. I mean the steward guy in Sword in the Stone. Hector? Is that his name? Okay. That's not... That was a question. No. Little Girl Squirrel? <laughs> yeah, he might be Little Girl Squirrel. Hey, there's Alfred. Sir Hector slash narrator in opening sequence. That's who we're yes. talking about? Yes. Sebastian Cabot is his name. That's Bagheera. Is it? I'm pretty sure. Not Jingle Book. That's a different movie. <laughs> he is Bagheera. You're right. I'm wrong. No, I was not right because well, you're it right. doesn't make him owl. You're right the second time. Oh, okay. This is a train wreck. Who is Colonel Harty? Or Hathi? Hathi. J-Pat O'Malley is his name. O'Malley the Alley Cat? He was the colonel in 101 Dalmatians as well. He only plays colonels. And he was the walrus. This is like when Van Hammer insisted he be Major Stash instead of Private Stash. You're right. It's a lot like the Misfits in action. So Merlin's getting water from a well. And uh, I believe he's, you know, spouting some exposition to his pet owl while he's doing this. But the whole time I was writing down, like, why don't you just magic the water up, man? You can fucking time travel. Time travel to Walmart and buy water. Why are you doing this? And that is mostly just evidence that my brain is wandering when I'm supposed to be paying attention to this movie about teaching a fucking kid how to swim and be a squirrel. So meanwhile, in the same forest, uh, we see a young man Mm -hmm. and a younger man. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Good descriptions. (laughs) A young strong man and a young weak boy. Yes. Uh, The strong guy's name is... Uh, it's you probably just in my notes. up all the character names. I didn't look at all of them. He, I just called him the bully. He's not. What's the uh, the guy in Harry Potter? Dudley. Dudley. Okay. He's Dudley. We'll, we'll call just him call Dudley. him Dudley. And Arthur, who is the one you're supposed to care right. about. Right. Meanwhile, Dudley's shooting his arrows, and Arthur has to go get them. Yeah. Which I question. Like, he why was trying you... to hunt a deer, I believe. Yeah, but they're not a fine. I mean, I get. Yeah. You can Arthur run out of arrows fucks and that up. Sucks. But like, he's got plenty of spares. Right. Like, I don't think people go into battle. Let me go pick up all those arrows now. <laughs> so I can reuse them. I think Rinse even, them off a little. I think even Dudley is on the same side with this because Arthur, well, he's up in a tree and he fucks up and he falls and he goes, whoa, whoa, and spoilers, he does that about seven times in this movie and we use the same sound bite each I time. I can never figure out if they're calling him Wart mm-hmm. or wa- Warg or <laughs> Wog, Wad. I have no idea what they're calling him the whole time this his, is going on. His name is Arthur. He yes. goes by Art. I believe Dudley calls him Wart as a, uh, you know, as a way to insult him. Because Art and Wart are spelled almost the same. 
I don't know, but from the very first time he speaks, my first thought was, I hate Arthur's voice. <laughs> well, don't worry, it changes several times. Allegedly. I hated each version of them. Now, apparently there are three different people that voiced Arthur yeah. in this movie, but I couldn't tell a difference, and they all sucked. Yeah, they did. Well, there's times where he goes, apparently one of the animator's kids, like, he has, like, two kids that would fill in for the child they cast as Arthur originally, because Arthur's voice started to change as the film's production went on. So, yeah, there's three different Arthurs throughout the film, and we just pieced together his dialogue with several reused sound bites, and re between that and the reused animation, this feels much, very much like a Frankenstein film of we just pieced together whatever we had, uh, let's fill in the rest with fish swimming sequences and squirrels falling in love. But the arrow goes into the woods, and Arthur says, I'll go get it. Uh, so it is warped. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sir Ector, the narrator, who came up with that. Uh, the guy we're calling Dudley is Archimedes, little girl squirrel, <laughs> Madame Men, Sir Kay. Maybe. Uh, wart, 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 scullery maid, uh, tiger. Mel Blanc's in this movie. He plays the tiger. I don't remember a tiger. I don't either. <laughs> I remember a wolf. And Talbot. Talbot. I, think, I guess... Black Bart, whoever that is. Uh, so, Sir Kay must be. I think it's Sir Kay. Okay. Dudley. We're just going to keep calling him Dudley. Right. So, the arrow goes into a wolf forest, and Dudley is like, hey, you don't actually need to go into the wolf forest. I've got plenty of arrows, but We're just going to keep like... saying wolf forest like that's a thing. <laughs> that's a thing. There's a wolf there. Okay. And, yeah, so Art's like, no, I'll get it. I need to prove myself to you, I guess. I want to be a good squire for reasons we'll never expound on further than that uh good to have goals yeah i guess ambitious kid but and then he's about to be uh blindsided and told to go with a different ambition because he meets merlin and merlin is basically like you don't need to be a squire and he kind of delves into this like brute force fighting aggression it's all dumb and pointless like you need to pursue academics and that seems to be merlin's motivation although even that i don't feel like gets explained a lot throughout jake skipped over a little bit he falls through the roof of merlin's house right merlin had earlier predicted that he was going to meet someone who was going to be a great king mm -hmm. even he did not foresee that it was going to be this scrawny little boy right he can see into the future but not perfectly apparently right our time is wasted until they move on to the next scene. We also I wrote down, is Merlin supposed to be charming or is he just annoying? I'm con I'm con oh, no, that's later on. Never mind. Well, that's still a good question. Uh so Merlin uh tries to explain a little bit of future knowledge to Art here and is like, Oh well, you'll well in you know, 500 years, we'll have this amazing steam power technology. And he pulls up, like, a little to toy train and pours his tea into it, and the steam powers it across the table and stuff. And it's like, I'm pretty sure a wizard time-traveling to the future and trying to reverse-engineer our technology is a pretty interesting plot, more so than the rest of this movie. But then we get a very Fantasia-esque scene where uh, Merlin sort of bewitches his, as a demonstration of magic, he sort of bewitches his sugar pot to go fill up Art's tea that he's drinking, and then they, you know, he, Art says when, and tells it to stop, and at which point it goes and starts filling up Merlin's tea, but Merlin's lost in his own world of explaining shit, and it just keeps going and going, and felt pretty, uh, 
like reach red ground again. Merlin tries to show off a bit of his powers here, but they seem random and not helpful. Uh, he has the power to make it snow in a three-foot circle hmm. and to shrink books. Right. Well, he shrinks them to put into his bag while he sings a nonsensical magic song that's not bippity-boppity-boo. Right. But should be, because right. it's better. Instead, it, I don't even remember how it went. Nope, not a clue. I couldn't <laughs> tell you how any song in this movie goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a lot of them, but I couldn't tell you anything about them. Just keep swimming. Just keep... Is that one of them? Uh, no. Uh, they're being chased. Are they being chased yet? When did um, they get chased? There was a wolf that followed him into the the hut. And then as they leave the hut and go out gallivanting around the woods, the wolf continues to follow them. And it, he does not have a fun time doing so. Right. And along the way, there's a, there's a river they've got to cross. Hmm. And the depth of the river seems very <laughs> questionable. There's times where it seems very deep and other times where they can walk straight across. Like mm-hmm. in the wolf can as well like, i don't know yeah uh mostly i don't know that sympathy was the goal when they were animating this wolf but that's he's, how i he's felt he's got a wily coyote feel to him yeah he's also very skinny and it's, it's a total i guess it could be used as like a class in terms of like how do you animate your scary creature to be not scary because <laughs> he's very uh much more dog-like than right, any he's other not disney meant to be a seen. serious threat. right he's not a threat right. he's a like this isn't like the the wolves in beauty and the beast or something right where... he's a total slapstick threat so right like yo this little pest is following us but i mean we haven't any time other time wolves or forests or scary situations like that have come up in disney they've gone with a much different approach trying to sell it as serious whereas this is doing the opposite so they go off to uh arthur's home Mm -hmm. a castle that's kind of broken down yeah pretty Uh, it's a little dirty shambles there uh lord ector lives there Mm -hmm. and sir Kay that we mentioned before uh, never really mentioned where Sir Kay's mom is, Lord Ector's, uh, nope. presumable wife. Outside of Madame Mim, are there any female characters yeah, in there's this a, movie? Yeah, there's a cook, like, she yeah, gets, like, okay. one or two lines. And a squirrel. She, she's not in this part, uh, but she shows up later. Right. So, yeah, just a couple dudes living out in a castle somewhere. Mm-hmm. Of course it's in disrepair, that makes sense. Right. Uh, when they are traveling to the castle, they, of course, you know, spend a good two or three minutes climbing over rocks, cra- uh, crossing that river you talked about, all with wolf hijinks happening behind them, uh, until they get to the top of a mountain and Art informs Merlin that they're going the wrong way, and they have to immediately turn around and go back the other way. And basically, I... Right after that happened, I just wrote, scene accomplished very little, which is really the phrase I would put on the cover of this <laughs> disc. Right. They, they're really hammering home. Merlin is, he's been to the future, mm-hmm. he's uh, very wise and all-powerful. whimsical. But is definitely shitty at everything he does. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know that it's going to be a scrawny boy that comes to see him. He uh, doesn't pay attention while he casts the sugar spell like you talked about before. Mm-hmm. He won't listen to Arthur and just takes him off the middle of nowhere. But if his whole point in training Arthur is, these people who are fighting all the time are dumb and you need to be smart. Smart like me. And right. all we've done is shown him to be a buffoon the whole way through. Right. 
it almost feels like we're setting up a red herring for like you're leading me wrong i need to actually educate myself because you are just this zany wizard man with a beard that he gets tangled up in his wand while he's trying to do magic is not actually the man i should be following right and we like kind of you know buffoon helper like that's Mm -hmm. a a stereotype we enjoy like hagrid is cool we like Mm -hmm. him if we're gonna stick with harry potter for some reason we seem to do that. But we with don't several. see like switch to Star Wars when Obi Wan picks up Luke or when they <laughs> run into each other. Really, Luke runs into him first. Uh, he doesn't like show himself to be a buffoon the whole time he's talking right. about what lightsabers are, what the Force is, or any of mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. He seems wise and mystical. Same thing. Yoda's a little goofier when you first meet him, and then uh, gets serious from there. Although the image of Obi-Wan with a 10-foot beard and, like, wizard pajamas that he's wearing is pretty amusing. Merlin does finally arrive at this castle you referred to. Uh, He meets Sir Ector. That's his name, correct? Yes. He meets Sir Ector and uh, says, like, oh, this boy you have here, I want to teach him. Nice to meet you. I'm Merlin. But Ector, of course, calls him Marvin, which is somehow even funnier. As if he's got any room to talk, his name is Hector. <laughs> right. Is but, that supposed to be like, uh, you know, British people don't say H's, like, but we'll maybe. just name him Hector without... It's supposed to Hector. Because it's written, like, if you look on the IMDb, it's just Hector right. with an E. Like, I don't know. You got me, man. Um, But then, of course, Sir Hector wants to see, you know, oh, if you're a wizard, why don't you prove prove it to me? So, of course, Merlin makes a wizard blizzard, and like That's he said, makes foot, it snow. Yeah. Uh huh. And then they get sort of a funny line about like, uh, you know, Ector's a little bit put off by this magic. He's like, "Oh, you don't go in for any of that black magic, do you?" And Merlin's That's racist. Okay, but Merlin's also like, "No, never touch the stuff." Which is <laughs> yeah, we I, that was a cleverly written line. But uh, yeah, Ector lets Marvin stay in the piece of shit tower uh, where there's a big storm going on and. It's got a leaky roof, so of course Merlin plugs all those with umbrellas, and I uh, question the lack of magic here to solve this issue. But then, uh, you know, we make it through the stormy night, and then the next day there's big news from London. Yes, yes there is. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, with the with the magic, in most stories that have magical characters, there's an explanation for why they can't just use magic all the time. You can't uh, use magic outside of Hogwarts. Right. Uh, once upon 17. a time... Uh, doesn't fully explain why but it will like uh rumpelstiltskin often says magic comes with a price mm-hmm. and that's usually just enough of an explanation right. for we why will you can't accept, do it all the time we will accept the rules of your magic if you establish them like we the audience will you know latch onto that and be like okay well you can you can't do this because we say you can't do this that's not a thing in this movie <laughs> Right, we don't know. So it, when he's in the room with the leaky roof, mm-hmm. you would think this guy's a wizard. Can't he just, you know, plug the holes? Or right. since we've already shown he can control the weather, can't he make right. it stop raining on him? But apparently not. Or maybe he's just not interested in that. Or well, it's like the uh, like the Gandalf kind of paradox of like you establish he's an all powerful wizard. You know, at least we get re- with Gandalf's character. You kind of know, like he's not a very hands-on guy. His magic is more like, like mystical and harder to. Uh, it's not as concrete, explained as like a higher thinking than like clumsy men or hobbits right. or anything. And the like goal that. of his race, the race of wizards, is not to intervene. Well, that and also is to guide the other people of mm-hmm. Middle Earth, especially men, to the right decisions. Right. And so that's what he's trying. Like Jesus. 
sure. <laughs> um, but that's what he's trying to do mm-hmm. uh, in both The Hobbit and, and Lord of the Rings. Right. Is sort of get the right thing to happen without having to... He's essentially playing chess. Uh, sure. Well, Merlin is, I think, trying to do that, but can also, like make it snow out of nowhere or turn him into a fish but won't do these other things to help and in some ways like he's a silly old man maybe rain's not important to him maybe he doesn't care about rain but he's still plugging up the hole so who the hell knows but anyway we get the news from london uh given to us by alfred right right there's a tournament coming up and the winner will get the crown which is Pretty okay. arbitrary way to describe to, to right. decide I mean, they've that. They've waited but... this long without a king, and now mm. all of a sudden they've decided, well, let's skip that whole sword in the stone business. I'm sure it's not important. It's just never going to happen. That sword is permanently stuck. WD forty has not been invented at this point. <laughs> it's true. And so, and Merlin might have a supply. Who knows? But he's been to the future. There you go. So let's just have a tournament, and <laughs> then the winner of this tournament will be king yeah and you would think that that would lead us to a whole bunch of training montages to get ready for the tournament there's like one there's barely you see a little bit of circuit training a right. little bit and uh fizzles from there this movie fizzles from there <laughs> yeah this movie is so unfocused right and so like the title doesn't match what the story's about it just you introduce a this is coming up much later in the movie but we introduce this villain out of nowhere yes. with madame mim right and just like just crazy like there are ideas like you were saying earlier but they're just so scattered and mm-hmm. so uh, it just feels like a first draft of a movie and like we we never really hold on to the thread of the sword in the stone and why that's important right. all the way through i feel like and at this point we're a good 15 20 minutes like uh, the first quarter of the way into the movie let's talk about what we know about the characters at this point art is a squire and we don't know like i think he's an orphan and right seems to be an orphan for some to, reason they've taken him in we don't know right. why he seems to know this is the best best path from him uh he for him seems to be a fairly good person yeah. wants to help others mm-hmm. uh he has an annoying voice. That too. Several of them. We've got... <laughs> true. We've got Sir Kay, who's a big brute, kind of dumb. Right, but... He's uh, a little when, bit mean to him. Well, he, he seems more apathetic about most things. Like, yeah. when this news from London comes in and when the tournament, uh, you know, his father's like, Oh, Sir Kay, you'll win this. You gotta do it. And he's like, eh, okay, I'll go do it. Like, he's not like, oh boy... I'm the big strong man. I'm gonna win the tournament. I'm gonna be king of England. He I seems like he's not even that interested. Took that as like uh, as arrogance, overconfidence. Like, yeah, like oh well, I guess I'll I'll just go win then and be king then. Like that's all there is to it. Okay, huh? maybe he didn't even seem that interested in his training for it that we get in the We've next. We got scene or Sir whatever. Pelinor who comes to town and tells them, you know, that this tournament's going on and stays for the rest of the movie for whatever reason. Uh, we don't know long journey. <laughs> his relationship to them or why he's staying. I assumed he was some big wig from the castle. Well, town. that wouldn't explain why he would stay. Like, he would just make the announcement and move on. Why do they let Merlin stay? Ah, well, you don't want to piss he's off a wizard. A, you don't want to piss off a wizard. <laughs> okay. I guess that's a good point. <laughs> An angry magician. <laughs> um, 
Well, but, then I we got know. Merlin himself, wise but not too wise. Right. He does magic but doesn't do too much magic. Wants to help Art because he's seen the future and sees that he's supposed to. Guide him into being but we smarter, don't know like, what his belief is in. actually guides him by turning him into an animal and right. somehow that makes him smarter. Uh, I don't know. From here we go this to the... Sassy owl. The, yeah, Archimedes. We haven't even talked about him. Archimedes is just a dick. Like, Pretty I don't know much. if he's supposed to be, like, funny or, like, what. The, the straight just, man to Merlin's silliness. But I he's guess. just naysays he's just everything. Mean. Yeah. Like, let's talk about ranking Disney owls. Okay. Number one, Fox and the Hound owl. The sassy big mama. Yeah, big mama. <laughs> uh, I was going to go number one, uh, Twitter Peyton owl. Oh, that's from a Bambi. good one, too. Yeah. Uh, of course, owl from Winnie the Pooh, very important. Yeah, he's more important in the sequel, which I don't know that you ever I watched. It's borrowed it. from me it's five still, years yeah, ago now. It's on my shelf in there. Ugh uh so yeah archimedes very bottom of the list oh definitely <laughs> like he's got the voice of rabbit from winnie the pooh that's nice but rabbit himself is an annoying character and is less annoying than archimedes in the sequel winnie the pooh uh al was voiced by mr wick yeah craig ferguson i think more people know him as <laughs> right, at well, this point drew carey we should do a drew, drew carey's Carey boss yeah drew carey show podcast that would be great <sighs> it would not <laughs> i watched a clip of like the best of lewis and oswald on youtube <laughs> yeah and there was one where like they spent all their money to like cut a music like to cut an album I watched and this they just... recently too <laughs> the lewis and oswald experience one word <laughs> no we didn't record just one word there's a b-side tequila it was really silly um, so we get to see a bit of this jousting going on. Uh, I noticed that, uh, a Sir Kay jobs to a stationary dummy in this scene. So I don't know that I like his chances. Uh, right. It seems like if you wanted to make a movie where he assumes he's going to win the tournament and Arthur wins it anyway, or Arthur becomes king anyway, that's a, more of a plot than this movie. You would have Kay look dominant <laughs> here and so much like so there's that no way that Arthur could win and even have Arthur lose and then well I lost but boom and he pulls the sword out <laughs> sword bitches now I'm the king something like that or whatever and make the movie just about becoming king which is seemingly what it should be about from the title you never think... mind the fact that Merlin wants to train Arthur to be smarter mm -hmm. and says that fighting and all that kind of stuff use of brawn is just not worth the time then turns him into an animal where all he can do is use brawn. Right. And, like, it's not like Arthur uses any of his knowledge. It just happens to pull a sword yeah. out. Like, it's not knowledge is not how you succeed. Happenstance is how you succeed. Yeah, he was fated to pull the sword out. Like, that's... 
But aren't... as explained in Monty Python, that's a silly system of government. <laughs> it really right there. is. Some watery tart. I'm going to mess up the line. I'm not even going to try it. Internet. Merlin describes jousting as one dummy trying to knock over another dummy with a stick. Which uh, really shows his feelings on this whole uh, cockfighting business. And now it's fish time. Uh, This is is Arthur's first lesson. Uh, Merlin introduces it by asking, can you imagine yourself as a fish? And Arthur says, oh sure, I've done that lots of times. Like like you do. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So my notes on this movie are very sparse because I was also really bored watching it. So I go from... uh, All right... Let me just start it. Merlin has the power to make it snow in a three-feet circle and shrink books. Gets to stay in the North Tower. Leaky calls him a walrus. Pretty sure voice of walrus in Alice in Wonderland. Not true, by the way. No, not uh, him. It is the voice. The, the walrus we found him a minute ago. Colonel Haughty. Yes, but it's not, not in this film. Either way. <laughs> then I wrote, where are the women? <laughs> training turns into fish somehow helps, I guess. Simple sucky music. Merlin's training just seems irresponsible. Archimedes saves the day, but denies it. Weird mentor advice. Who cares as long as the work gets done? Now he's a squirrel. That was weird mentor advice when that came up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what are you trying to Like, uh, did teach this here? teach you a lesson? No, wait, not that, really. That's like... a few scenes away, but yes. Da-da-da-da. So we swim, and it's a frog like fucks said, simple, with the... Simple sucky music while we're swimming. Yeah. Uh, it's like left and right and swim and tail and I don't right. even fucking remember. There's a frog that starts fucking with him. There's a barracuda that shows up. Which to is be legit, clear, legit, unlike, terrifying. unlike the squirrel later in the movie, the frog is not trying to fuck him. <laughs> fuck with him. Right, okay. Yeah. The barracuda, though. Intimidating, I it's, would say. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty scary. This isn't a Jake was afraid of this as a kid situation because I never watched it as a kid. Right. Yeah. You you feel like Arthur might be in some danger. Here. Right. And it's not we animated like the wolf it. earlier in the uh, in right. the movie. Mm-hmm. And we animated it in a way. It looked different. I don't know if it was a diff- what the different animation style would be, but this looked like a, almost a 3D effect of like this is coming towards your face mm. with the you know glaring barracuda eyes. But there's an actual lesson here where Merlin wants Arthur to use his brain to defeat the brawn of the the Barracuda, which he does by sort of trapping his mouth in a chain that he Mm -hmm. finds on the ground there. He also, when the Barracuda is going to bite him, uh, Arthur picks up like a broken arrow in the thing and like pries open the Barracuda's mouth with that, which I thought was like, you know the pain when you bite down sideways on a chip in the roof of the mouth? That is bad. It's like that times a million. That must have been horrible. If I was the Barracuda, I would not even want the fish anymore. I just want to go home. Also a reused idea with Captain Hook and the crocodile there where he used a boat oar to prop the crocodile's mouth open. He did, yeah. Similar Mm -hmm. idea here. And in several Bugs Bunny cartoons, I'm sure. yes. Um, But yeah, unsurprisingly, like you said, Archimedes does save the day here. He does all the actual work while the old man farts around and doesn't realize that Art's about to die. Uh, And that's the end of our fish lesson. We cut to Art doing chores. He's got a bunch of dishes to to wash. Yeah, where a random woman appears. Right. (laughs) Uh, The first one in the movie and talks about how the kitchen's been bewitched. And Mm. although this is a good deal, like shit's getting washed on its own. Like, why would she complain about this? Black magic, man. Never touch the stuff. I guess, but it's not like... I could understand if plates were, like, flying around and breaking and it was dangerous, mm-hmm. you know. But it's not like it's doing her work for her. Like, right. sit down. Maybe she doesn't want to get worked out of a job. Um, she could be out on the streets. 
could be. Uh, this is another instance of like random swing music for this, mm-hmm. which I initially wrote like that's out of place, but then I was like, well, actually, Merlin's been to the future. Maybe he brought back swing music with him. I don't know. But he uh, basically says, like, no, you don't want to do your chores. You want to go with me, and we can go role-play as squirrels in the forest. (laughs) Yeah, this is where I just wrote a series of questions. What about the sword? What about the tournament? How is this helping? (laughs) Then wrote bird transformation. (laughs) You skipped all over the squirrel romance subplot. How could you skip such an important... Disney the, pinnacle the of happens animation. First. The squirrel happens first. That's how. The squirrel happens before they run into the woman who needs the dish help. Because I wrote down, work gets done, now he's a squirrel, squirrel girlfriend, random woman appears, tells okay. him about Bewitch Kitchen. Well, then you jumped way ahead, because I was just going, here's how you cheat, and then a few scenes later, she shows up and realized they cheated. Okay, so you did skip a lot. Sorry. Because Go back and talk about the damn squirrel. <laughs> he's a squirrel. Uh, he's got to learn about gravity, is apparently the lesson. And then he meets a red-headed squirrel girl, which Merlin is a little too into. Like, every part of this makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Not to be confused with Squirrel Girl, who's right. the worst part of uh, the second Lego Marvel game, who just keeps on talking and interrupting shit and has an annoying voice. I feel like that's not what everyone would know Squirrel Girl from. <laughs> if perhaps if you're a big comic book fan and yeah, you, she might have her own. You thing. actually love Squirrel Girl. I and think she's that would the be shit. like I don't know, but I thought that would be the only people that would have ever heard of Squirrel Girl would be comic right, fans. But if you haven't heard of them, and it's people annoying. that played Lego Marvel they did too. A similar thing in the DC one with. Uh, Oh, I'm going to mess up his name and the internet's going to hate me again with like Beetle, Beetle Batman. <laughs> Batmite, that's what his name is. And he's a little dude and he has an annoying voice and he keeps talking to you all the time. Hmm. And that's the same thing with Squirrel Girl. But anyway, yes, there's a little squirrel that Merlin, you're right, seems a little bit interested in. Right. Uh, but Arthur is the not. squirrel is very interested in Arthur. Uh, yeah. She does not seem to understand that no means no, but it turns into a silly slapstick scene where... Uh, Merlin is on the sidelines being a little bit pervy while uh, Art is having to run away from the squirrel who's way interested in him and, like, got her hands all over him. And uh, mm, I think the wolf shows up briefly here just to get knocked out again. That's his payday. (laughs) And then eventually, while this is going on, Merlin also gets attacked by a squirrel who's way interested in him. And we get dual silly squirrel slapstick. And then it ends with, like, a heartbreaking, uh, actually, squirrel, I'm a boy, you can't fall in love with me, and a squirrel doesn't understand any of this, and, like, has to run up the trees being all scared and sad while he's just like, I'm sorry, and, (laughs) like, what lesson was learned here from any of this scene? Right. What about the sword? What about the tournament? (laughs) How does any of this help? Bird transformation. <laughs> Dumbass has left the kitchen magic on. <laughs> right. That too. Mm-hmm. They're just in a loop of washing and, and cleaning. And now all of the muggles are in there freaking out about how their dishes are being washed. And uh, headfirst into a bucket of suds goes Sir Ector. And he goes, oh, this is the black magic. It's the worst kind. And he winks and points at the screen again like that happened several times in this film. I think around this time, Arthur shows back up and sort of backtalks Sir Ector and in the process loses his squireship and 
will now be replaced by another child that's nearby, I guess, who's going to squire Sir Kay for the tournament that's allegedly still happening. Yeah, I don't really know uh, what squire duties are other than retrieving the arrows, apparently. Like, is it, like, basically being a caddy in golf? Like, is that all they're doing? He's supposed to keep up with uh, Sir Kay's sword, which he doesn't do. (laughs) Right, he had literally had one job. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, around this point, I wrote, titular sword hasn't made an appearance since cold open. So it turns out in my notes, I thought uh, instead of Sir Kay, they were calling him Kane. <laughs> that's gotta be Kane. Mm-hmm. So that's unfortunate. I just realized I've been calling him Kane in my notes. It's around this point that uh, Merlin attempts to teach Arthur that the universe is heliocentric as opposed to geocentric. Oh, well. You're right. That's the lesson he wants to teach this guy in uh, the Dark Ages here. I'm Will sure this that help him be knowledge... a better king. Like, how is this supposed to help? Well, I think it's going to lead to him getting burned at the stake oh, before right, becoming dangerous. King, which uh, Archimedes points out. Like, you cannot teach him this. He doesn't need to know this. This is just going to cause people to freak out. Now we got to transform into transform into a bird, like you've said. Archimedes laughs at the idea of humans flying but then does the teaching of the flights, and somehow we end up in a witch house that actually looks like a witch hat. I think that was pretty good design. Yeah. An hour into the movie at this point, we finally introduce the villain of the movie, mm-hmm. Madame Mim. The villain of the scene, <laughs> not well, even of the true. movie. We could have, if we wanted her to be the villain, hinted at her along the way, Maybe. or at least acknowledged that there are evil wizard witches, whatever, out there in the world. This couldn't have been a thing, because television was not like this in the 60s. But this feels more like we wanted to make just an animated cartoon of, like, just a series of... Here's a kid learning with Merlin to become Arthur. And instead, we ended up with, like, four of these potential episodes mushed together into a film. Yeah. Which explains why Mim has not been mentioned at any points. She's just hanging out in her hut playing solitaire, and all I wrote down is, her song sucks. Mm. And, like, that sums up the music in this (laughs) film. But, yeah, like you said, bold move introducing a villain an hour into the movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, uh, I think we may have mentioned this before, a little background about us. Jake was a creative writing major uh, in in college, got a degree in it and everything now. Uh, what would one of your professors have told you if you randomly introduced a villain, you know, this far into your story? Like, <laughs> yeah. That... Oh, yeah, and then there's a bad guy. Don't worry. <laughs> like, Don't worry, she'll introduce herself via song, kind of. And, uh... Then she'll start turning into a cat and trying to catch Arthur. Right, I mean, he gets serious in a hurry. She threatens to kill him. Um, Right. Uh, Then it gets goofy from there. Is her voice the maid from 101 Dalmatians? Not to put us on another IMDb. (laughs) I'll look. I'm pretty sure she was. Uh, But then, yeah, so she, you know, we... uh, Arthur sort of crash lands into her house and then she gets to be like, oh, well, I'm a witch. I'm going to prey on this little boy. And she turns into a cat trying to catch him because he's still in bird mode. But then Merlin shows up and saves the day and then we get ourselves a wizard's duel. She is the nanny from 101 Dalmatians. That's what I thought. So then we get a wizard's duel where uh, it's basically who can turn into what, which I kind of wish this was how Harry Potter ended after seven books, <laughs> is Voldemort just turns into a cat, and Harry goes, well, I'll turn into a dog, and then right. it goes... Just... So they definitely, like we mentioned earlier, redid this uh, 
in Emperor's New Groove and did it yeah. much better and comically well, as opposed to where this is supposed to be. years after well, the yeah, fact. Yeah, but did it, didn't do it in like this is the climax and apparently right. most important part of this movie, whereas in that movie it's, ah, these are jokes, this is silly. Yeah, I'm a llama to... again. Right, yeah. I've been turned into a cow, <laughs> can I go home? The only humor here comes from uh, they establish some ground rules. Is that rules. my voice? <laughs> they establish some ground rules course, at the beginning. Yeah. No turning into anything, you know, unrealistic. Like, I don't know, pink dragons and stuff, which jump ahead a minute. That's what she turns into. Ha ha ha. Also, I wrote Merlin's first move is a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that he's got well, the stuff to win this battle here. Oh, maybe, maybe it's a, a mob situation. Like maybe mm-hmm. he was been told to go into the you know fifth round before it ends. So he's trying to, you know, he's working along here. Maybe <laughs> he's got to save his mana. Yeah, could be. You want to go that way instead of being asked to throw the fight <laughs> in the middle of this battle. Mean Madam Mim or whatever the fuck her name is turns into a chicken at one point. And I believe that this is a pot shot from animator to animator. Because, doing some research on this film, this was one of two ideas they had going for uh, you know, their next potential project after 101 Dalmatians. It was either going to be The Sword in the Stone or a film called Chanticleer, which was going to be about a rooster. And one of the, the guy behind Chanticleer was... Uh, the guy we mentioned in the 101 Dalmatians episode, Ken Anderson, who we also mentioned is not long for the Disney world. He's going to be branching out soon, and I feel like this was a probably a uh, deciding moment for that because when pitching this idea of the chicken film and, and a screening, right, of you know an actual animated piece already, he screened it to the audience of animators, and it was met with silence, followed by one guy in the back of the room shouting, you can't make a personality out of a chicken. This coming after they have already made uh, Three Caballeros and uh, the other one. Definitely a chicken in that one. Yeah. The rooster, like, has a large part in that one. That's true. I didn't even think about that. But go on. Mm. Well, and then, so basically, Ken Anderson's idea got shot down, and we went with this monstrosity instead uh and there was an even another line when this chanticleer film was pitched to uh walt disney himself which i believe he responded with just one word shit so i feel like when a chicken shows up in this transformation sequence that's exactly what we were playing off of between the animators here and maybe that's just me watching too much wrestling over the years and seeing a veiled insider pot shot uh in action Yes, it's very late era WCW. Mm-hmm. Like, we all know what that's about, Tony. <laughs> no, no, we don't. So they, they fight for a while, change into different animals. Uh, it's generally silly, and then it gets serious uh, when she does turn into a dragon. Yeah, but this is a chance for Merlin to use his future science brain. He combats the dragon by turning into a virus. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, that does happen. A- around this point, I wrote, like, the fuck is this movie? The Sword in the Stone, a.k.a. Squirrel Romance and Silly Witch Fights. <laughs> right, no. It, is there a Disney movie less related to its title? <laughs> this would be like, it's 101 Dalmatians. It's and, actually about 50 poodles. <laughs> like, and and actually, then, that would be closer then, than this No, one. and then at the end of the film, they're like, oh, I guess that's it. Look, there go 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> right. <laughs> movie over. 
<laughs> oh lordy uh beauty and the beast here's a dude in the woods so now we cut to the tournament where we don't quite cut to the tournament we cut to a feast before the tournament where we find out that the backup uh squire for art who i don't think we ever saw on screen uh sir not appearing in this film yeah has come down with a disease which i i think was also merlin's doing because it was already same, established like, he can spotted do that. disease that uh, it's an off-screen disease he can't make it to the tournament which, merlin gave him aids is where i'm going with this merlin has questionable morals yeah. uh well, he already taught him. It doesn't matter as long as the work gets done. It's Merlin true. is actually Bobby the Brain <laughs> helping out Arthur along the way A friend here. in need is a pest. Right. So, because of that, now Arthur gets to be the squire, but Merlin... His boyhood dream has come true. He gets to be a servant to Sir Kane. <laughs> right. But then they fight, and Merlin gets all pissy and says, like, well, you can just do this yourself. You don't even need me. And then he goes to Bermuda. Which he actually uses the line, uh, and I wrote this down, blow me to Bermuda, (laughs) which I believe is a movie I saw once. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, Yeah. So now it's tourney time. Uh, Art realizes he forgot Kay's sword. Oh, look. It's the plot device. I'm yeah, gonna go grab it. Here's this sword stuck in a stone. I could use it. Sword Look, here's the hot tub time machine. Yeah, I'm gonna grab this. Choirs start going off. <laughs> That's how you know it's a good sign <laughs> when you grab something and a choir starts singing. So Art carries it it back and is like, "Here, have this sword." And a fucking, it's I didn't even understand where we went from here because everyone's like. This is where did you get this sword? This is the sword in the right, stone. No one believes that he pulled it from the stone. They put it back in the stone, which does it still work that way? Like I mean, they demonstrate well, it slides yeah. right back in. Um, but right, and then when I think Kane tries to remove it and can't, <laughs> right. I just wrote lol at Hector's reaction to the sword being pulled, being to immediately put it back. <laughs> <laughs> this legendary thing has happened. No. <laughs> like, I had, like, breaking something at a museum and then putting it back on the on the stand and walking away real quick. Right, and I believe Kay has the line here. Like, they, they say, hey, pull it from the stone again. Prove to us that you can do it. Make and yourself K- famous. Right. Kay is like, uh, wait a minute. Anyone can pull it once it's been pulled, and then he fails to do so. But then Arthur goes up and is like, yeah, boom, I did it. I guess I'm the king. And everyone sort of bows to him like, oh, the king of legend, you were foretold. You finally are going to lead us. And then we cut to Arthur sitting on a throne looking unsure of himself. Right. I feel like we could have gotten some story out of Jealous K. Like we just kind of he mumbles to himself and uh, tries to run away. But there's too much hailing going on and he can't get through all (laughs) of the crowd. But uh, just sort of fades away. Mm. Like we're going to when we spoilers. The movie's fading right, away. When we before we give our scores, we're going to re rebook this movie in uh, into a story that makes sense and people would want to see. But go ahead, uh, let's finish up. He's on the throne. He wants to run away. He tells this to Archimedes, but Archimedes is like, "You can't run away." And he finally says, "I need Merlin's help." Merlin comes back wearing the previously mentioned Bermuda shorts and sunglasses and basically says, sure, I'll help. And then the movie's over. <laughs> like, that's our conclusion. He is king now and it's gonna work, question mark, because Merlin's here to help. Yeah. I wrote down 
Uh, I wrote down Merlin's and Converse's. Were we too hard on Dumbo? That's the end of my notes. Uh, well, I don't know about overall, but there are a few things where I can praise Dumbo, right. believe it or Before not. Before giving scores on this movie, just off the top of my head, did not take notes on this, here's how I would have made this movie in a way that's more interesting than okay. what, uh, I'll what be we your were audience okay. for this. So what we do is we cut out all of the animal-related shit. <laughs> Good Just call. Put that on the side, mm-hmm. and we turn it into. They're gonna like. You still open with the the information about the sword and all that. You still got to open with that because that's the name of the movie. And mm-hmm. okay, fine. And I don't want to. You can't just say it's about later in Arthur's career or whatever as king. Assuming that we want to stick just with his boyhood and becoming king. Mm -hmm. We need to see early in the movie Arthur suffering in some way. Maybe living on the street and being taken in by Kay and his family. Yeah. Something like that. Something to establish, you know, his goals. Right. We need to see a Cinderella moment. And not usually when people use Cinderella moment, they mean the actual going to the ball. I mean where they're mistreating him and he's having (laughs) to serve them. Like the shitty part of Cinderella. Right. We need need that to establish some sympathy. Mm Mm-hmm. Get some heat on the heels. <laughs> yep. Uh, then we announce the tournament and some rule about sort of like Cinderella. If every man in town can enter. And so, of course, Arthur decides to enter himself, too. Perhaps he doesn't do it right away. Perhaps after he gets uh, they get mad at him for something and decide someone else is going to be hit the squire. He enters himself, perhaps under an assumed name, even better. Um I'm picturing Robin Hood right here. Sort of like that, basically. Mm -hmm. Then we see some of the events of the tournament. We see, even though he's smaller and scrawnier than everyone else, he uses his head, perhaps with Merlin guiding him and helping him, uh, giving him some advice, sort of like in, we're back to Harry Potter for reasons I don't understand, (laughs) but somehow giving him hints along the way so he knows what challenge is coming. Dumbledore-esque fashion. Or even just shrinking himself down and whispering, like, aim here, or whatever, Mm. to help him win some of these challenges. And it somehow... Would get down to him and Kane. K. K. Uh, every kiss begins with K. <laughs> Sergey, whatever his name is. Uh, he's Russian, in my version of the story. Anyway, the Russian they, king of England. Yes. So they get in the last event. Uh, something goes wrong. We're going back to Harry Potter <laughs> to save K's life. He has a chance to win, but instead decides to go back and help K. And mm-hmm. he needs a sword. And he sees the sword in the stone there. And helps Cave using work. that sword and we then we get to see him be king we illustrate that he is brave and true and whatever things right. it says and on Kay the sword is grateful to him for his help he and has becomes a story his like way. uh you know right hand man uh, captain of his guard right something like that merlin I, helps him along the way there you go I like where this is going. If you want to keep your animal shit, you could do that in the training along the way for the tournament. Like, you got to get ready for your tournament. You got to be fast, like a like a like squirrel. A you got to be, like, nimble, like a bird. And, you know, could yeah. have done all those things, but focused it towards the tournament. Right. But the problem with that and the established story is Merlin doesn't like the tournament or well, tournaments. Or he wants to work on his brain. Oh, yeah. You'd have to totally redo Merlin all the well, way yeah, around. Because that completely clashes with everything else King-like. Right. You need Merlin. I wouldn't use Merlin as a comedy character. Right. I would use him I kind of as... want Merlin to be like Qui-Gon Jinn. Like, just kind of wise and not doing much. Yeah. And just stoic... And if you even had like the you know, like the Jedi uh, master paladin relationship between Merlin and Arthur, could be way more interesting than this. Of like you're going to be king, but you have to. We have to figure this. Do you out mean Padawan? 
Yes. Okay. What did I say? Paladin? Paladin. I just ruined any Star Wars knowledge I was trying to drop there. But uh, I just think that uh, it's that that is a story that's easy to follow. Mm-hmm. We feel sorry for Arthur and want to help. You know, we want to see him do well. We see other people being mean to him. We have a redemptive moment for uh, Sir Kay at the end where he apologizes and all that kind of stuff. Like we didn't do with the Ugly Sisters with Cinderella. We could do here right. with Sir Kay where he could say, you know, I was a jerk and I... Uh, see now that you're twice the man that I could ever be, and now I have half the brain that you do. <laughs> I will serve you, and all this kind of other bullshit, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But we didn't get that, and instead, what we got is a movie that I'm just going to tell you right now is my new bottom score, <laughs> replacing Dumbo. You know what we gave Dumbo too much crap for? What's that? For being short. Oh, this was true. the longest 80 minutes of yeah. anything we've watched. Uh, it's an 80-minute movie where the villain's introduced 60-plus minutes into it. like And defeated 66 minutes into that it. That, too, yeah. Uh, okay, so do we want to go through these numbers? Uh, Let's start with the matters. The matters. Crap. Is the, I didn't write a number. I wrote crap. <laughs> I don't know how, to, how you're going to figure that into your score later. But it's 80 minutes long, incredibly padded. It's a mess of a plot like we've spent the last hour and a half discussing. Mm -hmm. I don't know how anything to give it points based on, because I don't feel like it accomplished anything it set out to do. Uh, There was a plot, so it gets half a point for that. It gets (laughs) half a point for kind of having a plot. The plot was not related to itself in any way. If you're new to the show, we evaluate these... uh these films on our rubric system that we've created and one of the traditions of the show is that i always give it more points than jake does no matter what it is mm-hmm. and on this one uh, i hated the plot as much as jake did but i gave it one and a half. Oh, okay and i agree with everything jake just said but for whatever reason gave it one and a half instead of just half mm-hmm. uh traditionally after matters we go to music i say traditionally i don't know if that's actually true sometimes we jump in different directions this is an area where I want to discuss Dumbo because we talked about Dumbo. The music was that there was very little to hang your hat on, but at the end of the film, there was one song, and that was I'd seen an elephant fly or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was one thing that they put effort into, and yeah. whatever else we wanted to say about it, there was at least this one song that you could put on a and sing-along tape. All of the songs in the movie, with the possible exception of Pink Elephants on Parade, and even that one in a way, tie into the plot of Dumbo. That's true. Uh, at least that's about <clears throat> elephants, whereas this movie has random jazzy songs mm-hmm. and just crappy songs all the right. way around. But, like, Dumbo, for all its faults, had one thing that if I went up to anyone who's seen Dumbo and said, can you hum this song? They could do it. Can you hum a single song from this movie no. right now? No, I cannot. I can't remember any of them. So, in fact, if I tried to, I would probably sing songs from other Disney movies. <laughs> just and keep just swimming. change the words. The only yeah. thing I can come that, up with, or just be like, Madam Mim, <laughs> Madam Mim. Uh, so, how did we give it? Any? It tried to make songs, so I can't give it a zero. But that will also be a half. I gave it a two. <laughs> Again, agree with everything Jake said, just giving away points. <laughs> and it will still have fewer points than Dumbo, and that's with me just giving them away freely. Uh, Meanie, which would be Madame Mim, she gets no screen time and is not a threat until suddenly we need a fight scene. 
But I like the fight scene. I think it's creative. And I think Mim herself is trying to pull something out of this movie. With her. She's very silly and off and loud and just off the wall zany. But she's. I feel like she's making an effort. Whereas the rest of this movie has been a mess from the beginning. So because of that, I think that she's worthy of two points. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. I gave her one. Just one? Well, and because she's randomly thrown in, the movie yes. is not established, and then is randomly a serious threat where she wasn't previously in the scene. Mm-hmm. Like, it, whatever. You right. get one point. But she was a villain and got a villain song, which, like, the bitch elephants from Dumbo didn't get that. True, true. Mm-hmm. I think uh, if I want to Im- amend my... Uh, version of the story mm-hmm. perhaps the tournament is happening because madame mim has come to town and has laid siege to all of england i guess and she says <laughs> she will leave if a champion can best her and so they have this tournament mm-hmm. to find good. the champion maybe Kay wins the tournament the champion and then the tournament is a number one contenders match <laughs> Sure, but uh, so then Kay perhaps wins the tournament, but when he's in danger, Arthur then pulls the sword from the stone to save him Mm. and wins the day. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. The point is here, she's randomly thrown in for no real reason. The movie would be fine without her. Well, it wouldn't be good anyway, but it wouldn't have been any worse without her. At the risk of comparing this shitty movie to an actually really good movie... I watched Moana recently, Mm -hmm. which is great if you haven't seen it, and this will tiptoe around some spoilers, but nothing real important, so don't worry too much. But around the midway point of that film, they kind of went, well, it's a Disney movie, we should really have a villain song. Let's introduce a random charismatic-ass villain to sing a catchy song and just sort of steal the next five minutes of the screen, and we'll go back to what we were doing after that. And that felt like what they wanted to do here. They did not do that, but and I feel like by trying to, they tried to pull into some sort of Disney magical formula, which none of the rest of this movie did. So that's where my two points come from. Next, we go mise-en-scene. Low rent is the only <laughs> thing I wrote. Yeah. From, I, like, I touched on it a little bit earlier, I guess, but, like, it feels like a Frankenstein film of pieced together things we were already doing, and I feel like that's why we have random lengthy fish animation sequences and shit like that because like the fact that there's three different arthurs the fact that we reuse a lot of animation like it just felt like like when we were reviewing the melody times and the fucking make my music it felt like we had 12 different ideas we'll just mush them together and tie it up with little bits of animated string to make this into an uh, a feature-length film so because of that i'm going one point <laughs> Uh, I originally gave this a lower score, and then I thought more about the magic fight at the end. That's Which true. is really well done, and they creatively yes. have them be the different, an- and even the earlier animal scenes, but especially in this part where they become these animals but still keep some of their characteristics uh, from before, yeah. uh, along the way. That's a good scene. According to IMDb, this is something a lot of animators are shown in their training as sort of like, this is an example of good animation. Interesting. Um, And so for that scene alone, I will bump it up, not far, but I will bump it up to a two and a half. Okay. And it's only for that scene. If Without that scene, this movie is half, one point maybe. Right. I mean, the rest of this movie just feels like... 
I don't know what I'm watching. I watched right. a bunch of half-finished ideas. Yeah. But that scene is really good. If you could cut everything else of the movie out and just be like, this is what this is going to live on as, fine. But I, ugh, the rest of it ain't pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the message. We try to do brains over brawn, uh, pursuing education. Those are good messages to attempt, but I don't think we hammer either of them home very well. No, no, not so much. And, and they don't tie into the conclusion. I mean, I suppose Merlin does outsmart Mem when yes. he becomes a virus or whatever, and you wouldn't necessarily think the smallest thing in the battle would be the most powerful thing he in the battle. He outsmarts her with biological warfare. <laughs> sure, but the point is... He does, in some way, use his knowledge to win uh, mm-hmm. the battle, but that's probably the only time that that knowledge yes. is helpful. Like, or certainly Arthur doesn't use any; he just pulls the sword he out. He outsmarts a barracuda once. Yeah, he doesn't do anything else as a bird or a squirrel other than break a squirrel's heart. <laughs> so right. So and then you have, and it's meant to be a joke, but you have your mentor character mm-hmm. giving very questionable advice, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter what you do. What, as long- yeah. Yeah, the ends justify the the means or whatever, like... Blow off your chores. Yeah, so I gave the message a one. Yeah, I would say one and a half, I guess. Because we wanted to do a message. We just didn't. And then we go to the magic. Uh, mm. If you had to gif eyes this film, what would it be? Would it be the wizard fight? Yeah, probably. Yeah, because I don't even I mean, think I could do the moment of pulling the sword out. I don't even think I could do that because, like, that just felt like another movie we wanted to do was see he pulls the sword out, becomes king. But that's the title of the movie. We just don't spend the rest of the movie doing anything with that. I don't know. They're both crummy gifts. I think part of the problem is, you know, they pitched it as, we're going to do a King Arthur story. We love King Arthur. King Arthur, everybody loves Arthurian legend. Mm. This will be great. But they, when we said this earlier, they picked the least interesting part of the King Arthur story. And also the part that's hard to make look heroic. Like, pulling a sword out of a stone can only look so great as a climax. Mm -hmm. Like, you're just pulling it out. Like, it's cool, no one else can do it, and this guy can. Right. Neat. Like picking up uh, Captain America's... Uh, no, like picking up Thor's hammer. Right. Uh, okay, but it's not... It doesn't translate well to film. Yeah. And especially to cartoon. Mm-hmm. Now, even if you have a choir sing over it, it doesn't make it that much more... Right. Oh. So I think the the choir coming in and the wizard fight... Are the only magical anything about this film. I don't know if we wanted Merlin to be like a sort of a Disney mascot for like silly whimsy and he's magic. He's supposed to be Walt, by the way. That's um, kind of what I thought we were drawing from. Yeah. But he's a really shitty mascot. For... Uh, apparently the animators thought Walt was a little shitty. Well, like I think that's maybe. on purpose. Uh, I'm going to go one and a half points for magic. Yeah, I went with two. And I think part of the... I think people that like this movie like the idea of this movie more than they like this movie. Mm. Like, it's cute, I guess, and it's Arthur, and you like that, and all things that go with it. And maybe you think Merlin is interesting, but he's definitely not uh, the way he's portrayed in this movie. But yeah, yeah, so I gave it a two. Which brings up, if you add up all of my scores together, you get ten Ten whole points, huh? That is lower than your Dumbo score. Yeah, which was, I think, 11. But 11 and a half, I believe. Well, okay, so ten 
Uh, Just real quick, you want to go through those numbers individually? <laughs> all right, one and a half for Matters, one for Meanie, two for Music, two and a half for Mise en Scene, one for Message, two for Magic. So your highest score was two and a half, and it was for the animation quality, essentially. <laughs> right, on one scene, by right. the way. My numbers were one half, one half, two, one, one and a half, one and a half, which adds up to seven, which will put it higher than Dumbo for me. But <sighs> if we were... That's hard to say because Dumbo is much shorter than this, which that alone makes it way more enjoyable than this sleeping pill. But the seven point score for Sword in the Stone will put it at the coveted 11th ranking of 12 for me, just ahead of Dumbo. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I gave it 10 Merlins in Bermuda shorts. Uh, out of 30 it is the dead ass last movie that we've done so far mm. i think it might stay that way for a while because the next few movies we're about to talk about are some some of our personal favorites um thank the lord <laughs> we got jungle book we got aristocats Ooh. we got robin hood winnie the pooh rescuers mm, yeah also you said that about ken anderson leaving he definitely still works there 20 years later what yeah like he's in he works on Rescuers, which came out in 77. This is in 63, so that's 14 years yeah, later, but still, 20. I mean, maybe he works for other people along the way, but let's get your facts straight. I was wrong. Uh, Bill Peet is the guy that's about to leave. Ah. He was the guy that came up with Sword in the Stone, so good riddance to him. Yeah, fuck Bill Peet. Mm-hmm. Ken Anderson hangs around. Where's Ken Anderson? He'll be working at Disney for the next 14 years. <laughs> so, yeah, whew. This was a this was a rough one. It was rough to watch. I feel like we were all over the place with this episode, but uh, it's behind us now, and hopefully we can move on to much more enjoyable things. And hopefully you guys have stuck with us and enjoyed us even through the films nobody likes. <laughs> if you made it through Saludos Amigos and shit, then I'm assuming you're here for the long haul. So we have several episodes uh, available on on iTunes, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, all the different platforms. Mm -hmm. uh, you can look up, check out our back catalog there. Uh, if you like episodes like this one where we sort of rip the movie and sort of talk about whatever comes to mind, you might want to check out some of the package movies mm. and Alice, Alice in Wonderland. Wonderland was, yeah. I listened to that one if today. If you'd too. like to listen to an episode where we have nicer things to say, you should check out Cinderella, Snow or White. Snow White. Uh, Lady in the Lady Tramp. In the Tramp. We had Big good things fans. to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, some of our more recent episodes, uh, 101 Dalmatians, uh, will be available by the time you can hear this one. Yes. Uh, we did a best of episode. That might be a good starting point where you can hear mm -hmm. uh, some highlights from what and we can summarize for other episodes in that one. <laughs> right. Uh, and in fact, if you hear a moment, I would suggest going to that best of episode first. And then you might, hey, they had a good take on. Uh, Pinocchio here. Maybe I'll listen to the Pinocchio episode. Here, or... let's talk about Pinocchio villains making a face turn. <laughs> right. Whatever it is, you know, you find interesting uh, along the way. But we do appreciate you listening to us. Very much so. And we... If you'd like to contact us, we have a an email. You can do so. DudesWatchDisney at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts on previous episodes or upcoming episodes yes. leave us comments on uh, tell us what your favorite disney movie is right now that works too i sure. dare you or you know if you like sword in the stone tell us what assholes we are and you can you know share in a, a comment or in an email some positive aspects of the movie that you think we overlooked 
and we might I'd might even read them. it on the air. I'd love to hear them because I don't know what we could have overlooked. We have gotten some comments along the way, people who uh, are fans of the show and look forward to our next episode. So that's mm-hmm. good. And hopefully, well, I guess by the time you're hearing this, we'll probably have had a pretty good uh, release schedule. It's been a little sporadic, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep cranking them out when I get the time. Jake has a job where he works six days a week, so he's very busy. Uh, I'm not so busy during the summers, but during the the school year, you know, as a teacher, I've got a lot of planning and stuff to do. So it's nice to find time to record, but it's difficult to do it. Well, Uh, this is kind of a relief from all that stuff. It's true. It's definitely a relief for me because I don't do any work with the editing. or (laughs) I'd occasionally have an idea and see if Jake can do it. Like, uh, But other than that, I watch the movie take half-ass notes and... uh, (laughs) let jake do most of the work although he has started half-assing a little bit more on his notes that used to be printed and well thought out yeah lost interest in that oh no but yeah with that i guess we are done with sword in the stone jungle books on the horizon got any fast food things uh talking snack yeah yeah talking snack yum yum talking snack uh-huh Let's talk about some snacks. Hey! Well, I tried the mac and Cheetos. Uh, you told me about that. I don't know that I want to do that. That's yeah, good stuff. <laughs> like, you ever had, I mean, you've had fried mac and cheese before. Yes. Like, it's lovely. Depends on who makes it. It's... I don't know that I trust Burger King to do a good job. I think it's generally lovely, and then mm. you add Cheeto dust on top of that. Like, who doesn't love Cheetos? You just buy that in a jar. That's a thing. <laughs> just Cheeto dust? Top it off. I would snort that. Um... <laughs> Uh, other fast food things going on. You tried the naked chicken chips? No, I haven't. I don't they know. They seem like chicken nuggets in a I, different shape. That's what I thought. They'd be shitty nuggets. Yeah. And you don't want to eat Bert Taco Bell shit nuggets. <laughs> I had some really good nuggets from McDonald's the other day. Yeah. No, I usually don't care for McNuggets, but these were actually hot out the fryer. I had to wait on them. Yeah. And they had like a crunch to them that's not normally not present. Mm. They were quite good. How about that? Mm-hmm. Didn't have any shit nuggets. <laughs> uh, they're doing an, a new thing at the Bueno where it's like, a, I think it's called like a big box or something. It's like, I'll look it up. <laughs> this is important. Facebook friends with Bueno. <laughs> it's called a $10 whole lot of box. I'm on board. You get 10 tacos, uh, rice and beans, and chips and salsa. Mm. I mean, that's good. It's a pretty big box. It's true. I'd want a little more variety. Well, yeah. But for 10 bucks, some 10 tacos queso in and there. Some, well, okay, fine. Their other new thing is summertime tacos. New sauces and new flavors on the tacos. Hmm. I'm intrigued. I don't have a taco bueno where I live, so Ugh. I miss it. I miss it greatly. Ugh. Mm-hmm. That is like the one place I'll go and eat by myself is Taco Bueno. Yeah. I generally don't like to go places. Like you eat in the parking lot, uh, sometimes go through the drive, the drive, that turn into Pat Patterson for a little bit. Go through the drive through. Go through the drive through and just eat in the parking lot. I will go in and eat, but only at a Taco Bueno. That's the one place, and I don't know why. I will occasionally go and sit down in like a Mexican restaurant or something and eat by myself get like some fajitas although last time i did that i ran into my boss and it was awkward <laughs> i was like i gotta go by <laughs> please don't tell anyone how i live thank you for listening to another episode of the dudes watch disney podcast 
Hi everyone, this is Jake here, reminding you all to like, rate, review, but most of all, subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube, so no matter which podcast venue you like to use, we're there and we're not hard to find. We also invite you to follow us on Twitter, at DisneyDudesPC. The PC stands for podcast. We also want to hear from you guys. If you have any fun childhood memories or fun stories about these films, please shoot us an email and share them with us. We'll read them out on the show. Our email address is dudeswatchdisney at gmail.com, so please send us your thoughts and join in on the discussion. For reference, the next two films we're going to be talking about are The Aristocats and Robin Hood. So if you can email us your thoughts before we sit down to record again, we'll be happy to share them with the world. Or the small portion of the world that subscribes to this podcast. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Uh, bye! Bye!